This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. We're past Arafah, but inshallah ta'ala not done with this dua. And inshallah ta'ala, just a quick recap. We talked about this dua of La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamd wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir as an extension of the best dhikr that exists. And what is the best dhikr? What did the Prophet say is the best form of dhikr? La ilaha illallah. The best form of dhikr is La ilaha illallah. The Prophet said, Afdalu dhikri La ilaha illallah wa afdalu du'a'i alhamdulillah. Prophet said, The best form of dhikr, the best form of remembrance is La ilaha illallah, and the best form of du'a is alhamdulillah. We talked about what Al Hafid ibn Rajab said that hamd is the price of every ni'mah in this life. Hamd, alhamdulillah is the price of every ni'mah in this life and tahleel la ilaha illallah is the key to al-jannah and as we went through the meaning of this dua just to recap la ilaha illallah wahdahu wahdahu he alone is an affirmation once again of the word of tawheed la sharika lahu he has no partner so he is one in his essence he is one in his names and his attributes subhanahu wa ta'ala and he is one as well in that no one shares in his duties with him. He needs no one. He is dependent upon no one subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu. He has no partner in anything that he does. Lahul mulku wa lahul hamd. To him belongs al-mulk. That means everything. Al-mulk is everything that is possessed. The entire dominion. The possession of all time and place and everything in between, the known and the unknown. Tabaraka Ladi Biyadihi al Mulk Wahua ala kulli shaytan qadir aladi khalaq al mauta wal hayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al Mulk, the surah that is named after this word of the dominion, that he is the one who controls life and death. Kulillahumma malika al mulk, tuktil mulka man tasha, wa tanzi ul mulka man tasha, mimman tasha. وَتُعِزُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ بِيَدِكَ الْخَيْرِ إِنَّكَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Once again, subhanAllah, you see that mulk and qadir come together. Say, O oh Allah, the one who possesses all of the dominion, all of that which is to be possessed, you give to whom you will of that possession and you withhold, you take from those whom you will. تُعِزُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ That's also part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mulk. Honor is a part of His mulk. You give honor to whom you will and you humiliate whom you will. بِيَدِكَ الْخَيْرِ And in your hands belongs all good. SubhanAllah, one of the things that's very beautiful about this is that we know that Allah controls everything, right? But from the adab of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and especially when we are making dua, you attribute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Al-Khayru kulluhu biyadayk wa sharru laysa ilayk Good is all in your hand and evil is not to be ascribed to you Biyadika al-Khayr Innaka ala kulli shayin qadir Because we're calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asking Him for the good of that mulk Right? And to protect us from the evil of those that transgress So, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamd Hamd is, praise is, thana and shukur 
it has both thana, which is the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la. Lahul mulku, lahul hamd, wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir, and Allah is able upon all things. So we covered how uh, this dua is to be said every morning 10 times or 100 times. What is the reward of saying it 10 times? This is just to move on now to the rest of our discussion. What's the reward of saying it 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening? To free four slaves. Four slaves, inshallah ta'ala. Brother Tariq wants to make them five. Inshallah, if you increase, it'll be more, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. And if you recite it, and particularly the Prophet said, min waladi Ismail, so to free four believing slaves. And we said the reward of freeing a slave is that every part of you is freed from the fire. Every part of you is freed from the fire. So the reward is the reward of freeing four slaves. And if a person says it one hundred times, then what would be the reward? It is like freeing ten slaves, the Prophet said. If a person says it one hundred times, it's like freeing ten slaves. A hundred blessings will be recording, recorded for that person, a hundred good deeds will be re- recorded for that person, a hundred sins will be removed from that person, and it will be a hirz, it will be a protection for that person from the shaitan for the entire day. SubhanAllah, like in a, a fortress that cannot be penetrated. Hirz is, is a hisn, it's a fortress. The shaitan will have absolutely no access to you throughout the day. He will not be able to penetrate this fortress that you have throughout the day. And no one will be able to do anything better. And no one will be able to accomplish anything better than what you've accomplished for the day except for someone who recites the dua more than you. Meaning, don't limit yourself to a hundred. If you want to do it a thousand times a day. I know that sounds a thousand times a day, but subhanAllah, reading it a hundred times takes you less than ten minutes. Reading it a hundred times takes them less than, than ten minutes. So if you were to, to say that you're going to say it 200, 300, 400 times, you're going to accomplish more ta'ala in one day, then keep on reciting it. Now, we move into the next part of this inshallah ta'ala, which is how this dua is used in other situations. And it's, it's really uh, powerful because you see more rewards that come out of it as well. And when we say tahleel is the best form of dhikr, I want you to remember a very easy analogy, inshallah ta'ala. The best form of istighfar, the best form of seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Sayyid al-Istighfar, the chief, the master of seeking forgiveness. Allahumma anta rabbi, la ilaha illa ant. Right, it even starts off with, of course, the affirmation of tawheed. Allahumma anta rabbi, oh Allah, you are my Lord, la ilaha illa ant, there is no God but you. خَلَقْتَنِي وَأَنَا عَبْدُكُ وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ عَهْدِكَ وَوَعْدِكَ مَا اسْتَطَعْتُ أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا صَنَعْتُ أَبُوءُ لَكَ بِنِعْمَتِكَ عَلَيَّ وَأَبُوءُ بِذَنْبِي فَاغْفِرْ لِي فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتُ We'll talk about this dua one day in detail inshaAllah ta'ala. But this is called Sayyid al-Istighfar, the master of seeking forgiveness, the best way to seek forgiveness. Now here's the analogy I want you to remember. This dua of la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la lahu al-mulk wa lahu al-hamd wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir is to la ilaha illallah what sayyid al-istighfar is to astaghfirullah why because 
everything that is said in Sayyidul Istighfar is already embedded in Astaghfirullah. It's already embedded in Rabbighfirli. It's embedded. All of the meanings of seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are already embedded in that short form of dhikr. Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Rabbighfirli, Rabbighfirli. It's embedded. But this elaboration allows those meanings to take greater root in your heart as well. So it's, it's uh, you know, uh, elaborating or it is affirming within your dua as well. So you are extolling Allah's virtues further. You're praising Allah more. You are affirming the meanings of those dua more. But they're also taking greater root in your heart. Likewise, لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير The meanings of that are really all embedded in لا إله إلا الله. But just like Sayyid al-Istighfar is more virtuous because every phrase of it is dhikr than simply saying Astaghfirullah in the same way this entire dua is more virtuous than, than merely saying La ilaha illallah. So the first thing, the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, whoever says subhanallah 33 times and says Allahu Akbar 33 times and says alhamdulillah 33 times and then seals that with La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamd wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir after every single prayer. What is the reward? Does anyone know? The Prophet said that Allah will forgive that person's sins even if that person's sins equaled the foam of the sea. Think about all of the foam of the seas. The Prophet said saying SubhanAllah 33 times, Alhamdulillah 33 times, Allahu Akbar 33 times, and then saying La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, lahu mulku wa lahu alhamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. It is as if that person's sins are entirely forgiven, even if their sins encompass the foam of the sea. We go on to some of the other um, a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ is narrated to have said this dua after every salah, but there is more to it. So the Prophet ﷺ would increase. And sometimes the, the, the text prior to the hadith is enriching. So in, in this particular hadith, which is also authentic, Muawiyah uh, ibn Abi Sufyan عنه, wrote a letter to Al Mughira ibn Shu'bah عنه, and he asked him to share with him something that he learned from the Prophet ﷺ that was very impactful. Right, share with me something you remember from the Prophet ﷺ, a habit that you took, something that you act upon on a regular basis. So a Sahabi talking to a Sahabi and saying, give me something rich that can benefit me for whatever is left in this world. So he wrote back, uh, Al-Mughira bin Shu'bah wrote back, and he said that the Prophet ﷺ, كَانَ يَقُولُ فِي دُبُرِ he would say after every fard prayer, after every obligatory prayer, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, lahul mulku wa lahul hamd wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. Allahumma la mani'a lima a'tayt, wa la mu'tiya lima mana'at, wa la yanfa'u dhal jaddi minkal jaddu. I'm going to say it again very slowly. Allahumma la mani'a lima a'tayt, وَلَا مُعْطِيَ لِمَا مَنَعْتْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُ ذَا الْجَدِّ مِنْكَ الْجَدُّ So this is obviously 
uh, an elaboration that the Prophet would say, Allahumma la mani anima a'atleet. Oh Allah, no one, no one can stand in the way, no one can withhold that which you have given. No one will interfere. La mani anima a'atleet. What you're going to give, no one's going to stand in the way of. SubhanAllah, so beautiful. La mani anima a'atleet. And this is again when the Prophet is teaching us how to make dua. You, you make dua with certainty. With certainty in what you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. And these meanings, if you don't believe this, then what's the point of making dua? If you believe that someone can stand in between what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees for you of good and what you receive, then what's the point of saying it? So the affirmation has to come from a sincere place. لا مانيع لما أعطيت No one gets in the way of that which you are going to give me. So when I'm asking you, whatever I'm asking you for, then I know that no one is going to forbid it. There is no one that's going to nullify what you're going to give me. ولا معطية لما منعت Okay? And no one can give me what you have forbidden to be given to me. So if I try to get something and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has nullified it or has put a barrier between that and me, then no one is going to be able to give that to me. وَلَا يَنْفَعُ ذَا الْجَدِّ مِنْكَ الْجَدُّ وَلَا يَنْفَعُ ذَا الْجَدِّ مِنْكَ الْجَدُّ Which means that uh, the, uh, the, the riches or nothing can avail a wealthy person against you. So subhanAllah, the, the power of that is that if someone possesses something, that they think gives them some sort of immunity. In this life, generally speaking, as you go on, if you have more power, more access, you know more important or influential people, you have more wealth, you have more possessions, you have more anything, right? More authority. The more that you gain of this life, the more that when bad things happen, you start to think that, you know, I'm going to be able to get myself out of this, right? That's one of the things that w was humbling about a pandemic, right? Is that it couldn't protect everybody, right? You, what you had did not necessarily protect you, though, of course, disparities, you know, still show in everything, right? But the point is, is that nothing's going to avail me when I stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or in my standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter what I have, no matter how immune I'm starting to, f to feel, nothing can avail a person with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is one way that Al-Mughira radiallahu ta'ala anhu would hear the Prophet sallallahu say after La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la lahul mulku la alhamdu huwa ala kulli shayin qadeer He would hear the Prophet sallallahu say Allahumma la mani'a lima a'atayt wa la mu'athiyya lima mana'at wa la yanfa'u thal jaddi minkal jaddu And that is, that is mutafaqun alayhi, it's an agreed upon hadith. There's another narration from Abdullah ibn Zubair radiallahu ta'ala anhu and his son is saying that I heard him al-minbar, I heard him giving khutbah and he was saying that the Prophet وسلم, he used to say كَانَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِذَا انصَرَفَ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ يَقُولُ The Prophet would say after the prayer. Now انصَرَفَ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ This is an interesting usage of the words and the scholars say either what he's saying is that the Prophet would still say this at the end of every salah or as the Prophet is leaving his prayer. So if the Prophet is walking home, this dhikr is still with him sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that he would say, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, lahul mulku wa lahul hamd wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. La ilaha illallah 
مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون أهل النعمة والفضل والثناء الحسن لا إله إلا الله مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون I don't expect everyone to memorize all of this by the way uh, by Salat al-Duha unless you truly have morning memory mashallah uh, so we'll, we'll find a way to post them inshallah ta'ala today ta'ala, or by tomorrow so the Prophet some would say once again the dua and then he would say la ilaha illallah mukhlisina lahu ad-din that we are sincere to him in our devotion walau kariha al-kafirun even if the disbelievers hate it that we will remain sincere in our devotion to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ahlu ni'mati wal fadli wa al-thana'il hasan everything when you say alhamdulillah alhamdulillah okay it includes Subhanallah, so much of this, because hamd is so encompassing. But again, the elaboration. Ahlul ni'mati wal fadli wal thana'il hasan. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs al ni'mah, all blessings, al fadl, all bounties, wal thana'il hasan, and all of the, the praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah, mukhlisina lahu deen, walau kariha al kafirun. And the Prophet would repeat once again, La ilaha illallah. Uh, that we are sincere in our devotion to him even if the disbelievers uh, dislike that. The next narration is the dua of Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha when the Prophet taught her every single night to say as she goes to sleep Subhanallah 33 times, Alhamdulillah 33 times, Allahu Akbar 33 times and in one narration the Prophet said and seal it with this dua. So you have after every prayer and then you have at the time of sleeping as well. Obviously, we covered last week that the Prophet ﷺ would say this in a Safa wal Marwa as well. However, what I'm about to share with you all, very interesting, uh, even though Dallas is a very flat place, uh, the Prophet ﷺ was narrated to say this in two other places in a way that resembles a Safa wal Marwa. One is after a battle. After a battle, the Prophet ﷺ would say this dua. And when the Prophet ﷺ found himself on a high place, okay, so if he is on a high place, obviously when a person is on a high place, when they're standing on a mountain or a hill, and the ulama say, this is not restricted to a Safa wal Marwa. In general, a person could, could, could uh, feel a sense of greatness, right? They've conquered something great. They're standing on top of a mountain. I'm looking out to the world. But the higher you get, the more you need to remember how low you actually are, right? You need to humble yourself and remember who you are. When Allah blesses you with something, when Allah grants you something, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you victory, then a person needs to remember who they are. And this is very important to understand for a moment, inshaAllah ta'ala, because the best dua of hardship is what? La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimin. Dua of Yunus alayhi salam. The Prophet said, there is no better thing to say in a time of hardship than La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen Okay, subhanak is to declare the perfection of Allah and I was amongst the wrongdoers Inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen And the reason why this is important is that the ulama mentioned that in dua tasbih, tasbih, saying subhanak, subhanallah usually comes in a time of hardship, in a time of seeing something that is displeasing, in a time of seeing something 
that is hard upon you or something that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanak, how perfect are you? How perfect are you that imperfection be ascribed to you? How perfect are you that my own wrongdoing, right, would have any effect on you? How perfect are you that you would, would be able, right, that you are able, of course, always fully able to lift me when I am down? Because subhanak, right, subhanak. When someone is amazed by something, subhanak. So the point is, is that tasbih usually, it's not limited to that of course, but tasbih usually comes when a person is in a place of hardship. Tahmeed, alhamdulillah, comes when a person is in a place of gratitude. Allah has bestowed upon them something, alhamdulillah. Allah has given them something, alhamdulillah. So this also comes in the secondary portions of the dua. So obviously this is after the Prophet when the Prophet was on a high place on the earth or when he came back from a victory, um, he would say, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. Aibun, taibun, abidun li rabbina, hamidun, sadaqallahu wa'da, wa nasara abda, wa hazam al-ahzaba, wahda. So the Prophet would say, Aibun, he'd uh, mentioned Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that we are returning ta'ibun in repentance to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala abiduna li rabbina in complete submission worship of our Lord hamidun and praising our Lord so the Prophet Sallallahu would encompass all of that as he was standing on a high place and he would remind himself what sadaqallahu wa'da wa nasara abda wa hazam al-ahzaba wahda that Allah has fulfilled his promise and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has supported his servant, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has removed the confederates all by himself. La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la. Another way we say from the Prophet, we see from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that the Prophet said, if you say this dua one time, so now is the easiest one, no additions to it. Just la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamd, wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. That if a person was to say it one time, that it would ward off al-kasr, عند al-kasr, when a person is feeling lazy. So you're getting tired throughout the day, you're starting to slack off, you're yawning a lot, and you're starting to feel like you're not so productive. This is a dua that would energize a person once again. Okay? So subhanAllah, if a person just says this throughout the day as they start to feel, instead of just... And I'm tired and I didn't have my caffeine today and whatever it is, right away program yourself. Of course you say A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, you say Astaghfirullah, but say La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la lahul mulku wa lahul hamd wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir and it would ward off al-kasal, it would ward off laziness. Two more times that we find this. One, Ubadat ibn Samit radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man ta'ara min al-layl Whoever is disturbed or they wake up during their sleep. So, you know, a nightmare woke you up. Obviously there's a sti'adha. Uh, there's a person seeking refuge in Allah. So these things are not um, in contradiction. Rather, they are in addition. A person wakes up at night for any reason though. You have a hard time sleeping. You have a crying baby. You have, you know, it's raining hard outside. The light is bothering you. Just something woke you up. It's hot, it's cold. But the point is, من min al-layl is very encompassing in that regard. You woke up in the middle of the night and a person says, 
لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير وسبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله I actually want you to memorize this inshallah ta'ala okay because this is easy to remember inshallah you woke up at night you're having a hard time going back to sleep before you pick up your phone and say let me scroll and just watch some videos or something like that or start texting or catch up on messages لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك ولا الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. These are the phrases we always say. سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever says this, in one narration he also added, رب خيرلي. Oh my Lord, forgive me. He said, ثم دعا استجيب له. Whatever dua you make at that time, you will be answered. Okay. And he says, فَإِن تَوَضَّعَ وَصَلَّ قُبِلَتْ صَلَاتُ And if that person goes even further and he gets up and makes wudu and prays two rak'ahs, then their prayers are definitely accepted. So, subhanAllah, what do you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for? Ijaba, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for du'a mustajab, answer du'as. So at that time, if you just wake up and you don't even get out of bed, but you say, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, lahul mulku lahul alhamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. And then say, Allahumma, and say what you want to say. Oh Allah, say what you want to say. The Prophet said, your dua will be accepted. And then if you get up and you make wudu and you pray, your tahajjud, your qiyam is certainly accepted as well. Right? And Abdullah ibn Umar anhu said, if I knew that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted from me sajdatan wahida, one sajda, I would wish to leave this world at that point. Because that's the value of an accepted prayer from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet is saying, do this and your du'as and your prayer will certainly be accepted. So the next time you wake up at night, inshallah ta'ala, this is how you respond. The last thing is very common but still very profound. And I hope inshallah ta'ala, now with a fuller appreciation of this dhikr as a whole, this dua makes a little bit more sense to you. The Prophet says, and of course this hadith is, is one that is subjected to uh, great dispute. Dispute not because there's a fabrication in the chain or there's any severe weakness. In fact, it's an authenticated hadith according to many of the great ulama of hadith. Uh, and it has a chain ta'ala, but just because it sounds it sounds incredible and you know sometimes when you hear a hadith or you hear a dua and it's like the rewards are, are written in such a way and, and usually that is a sign of a fabricated hadith when it's like say this and it's as if you have two million moons and I don't know why anyone want to have two million moons but it's as if you have you know unlocked the keys of this and this and this and that 3,000 times, and if you say this 24 times, usually those types of ahadith, especially when they uh, are on WhatsApp, even if in parentheses it says Bukhari and Muslim, usually it's a sign of a fabrication. However, this hadith, the Prophet says in a hadith from Salim uh, ibn Abdullah ibn Umar, that Abdullah ibn Umar anhuma, said that the Prophet said, whoever Whoever says upon entering the marketplace, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika lah, 
له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت وهو حي لا يموت بيده الخير وهو على كل شيء قدير The Prophet added one thing to this dua Okay So لا إله الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت He gives life and he gives death وهو حي لا يموت and he is ever living and he does not die Okay, so this is the only addition to the dua. وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ And he is powerful or he has power over all things. The Prophet ﷺ says, كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَهُ أَلْفَ أَلْفِ حَسَنَةٍ Allah will write down for that person 1,000 by 1,000 حَسَنَاتٍ which is a million. The word million is not a real Arabic word. Okay, so ألف ألف a thousand times a thousand is a million, a million hasanat. وَمَحَا عَنْهُ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove from him أَلْفَ أَلْفِ سَيِّئَةِ And Allah will remove from him a million sins, a thousand by a thousand sins. وَبَنَا لَهُ بَيْتًا فِي الْجَنَّةِ And Allah will construct for that person a palace in paradise. This is upon entering into the suq, upon entering into the marketplace. Now, this hadith, if you look at this narration, again, it just sounds... Incredible. It's like, well, if that's the case, let me just spend my day going to the souq over and over again. Walk in, walk out, walk in, walk out, walk in, walk out until they call the police on me at Target, right? Let me just keep going in and out, saying the dua. That's not the practice of the salaf, right? To just go to the marketplace and go in and out because this is an incredible uh, narration. But the ulama mentioned many wisdoms for this. Number one, the Prophet says, Ahabul biladi ilallah, that the most beloved of places to Allah are. This is the easiest answer ever. The place you're sitting in right now, the masjid. These are the most beloved places on earth to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the most hated places to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on earth are al-aswaq, are the marketplaces. Now, I could go into to further detail in that regard because there are, of course, places that are more exclusive to, to, to some of the fawahish, some of the evil that traditionally could be found in the marketplace but are now just entirely you know, places that are dedicated to that evil and that sin. So what, is, what does the hadith mean? The place where people are most likely to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the masjid. The place where people are least likely to remember Allah is when you get into the marketplace. And truly, subhanAllah, those of you that have been to certain countries, or you, you might even be from those countries originally, the marketplace is a loud place. It's a place where immediately, right when you walk in, people start to bombard you. I mean, it's a very hard place to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, the traditional souq. Right? People are making all sorts of oaths. People are trying to throw whatever product in front of you and get you to that product. Right? So just imagine yourself as you walk into the souk. Now, obviously, you walk into the marketplace, it's quiet. Go get your shopping cart. No one's there um, to mess with you except for maybe the, the store attendant who greets you as you walk in. Right? Or you do online shopping, which, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, let's have. Let's have hope in Allah that that counts too. As soon as you open your online shopping, لا إله لله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير. And I'm not joking about that, by the way. Say it when you open your online marketplace. You know what? The least that could happen, the worst thing that could happen, is that you meet Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on the day of judgment, and you just get the reward of that du'a without du'a asuq, which we've already covered. Incredible form of dhikr, right? And maybe you would have had. Lots of dua that has been unlocked to you, good of this world that's been unlocked to you as well. Now, why yuhyi wa yumit wa huwa hayun la yamut? 
He gives life and he gives death and he is ever living and he does not die. Because when a person sees the dunya in front of them and they remind themselves, Allahumma la isha illa ishul akhirah, oh Allah, there's no real life except for the life of the hereafter. Then that means that they're not allowing anything to distract them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're reminding yourself, yuhyi wa yumit, wa huwa hayyun la yamut, where true life is and where death is. And who the actual giver of life, because you go to the marketplace to get something of this world. And some people find the meaning of life in products that they own, right? So you're reminding yourself of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and what the value of this life is. So when a person enters into the marketplace and they say this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will write down for them, bi'idnillahi ta'ala, uh, a million hasanat, remove from them a million sayyat, a million sins, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will build for them a palace in paradise. How generous and merciful is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How generous and merciful is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Someone says, how is that even possible? Don't do math with the mercy of Allah. It's incredible. Yes, it's a lot, subhanAllah. But we're dealing with a Lord who is more merciful than we can comprehend who is more generous than anything that we have ever seen of generosity from anyone else. And that's the point, call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while you are certain in the response. So that is why we hope in the Nahi Ta'ala, even when we stay here after Salat al-Fajr, and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the sunrise, that Allah would write down Hajj for us complete in the Nahi Ta'ala. Because we're dealing with a generous and a merciful Lord. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala write it down for us fully. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow the, the brilliance of this dhikr, the beauty of this dhikr to take root in our hearts, for it to be frequent on our tongues, for it to be manifest in our deeds, and for us to find the entire reward on the Day of Judgment. La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamd, wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Jazakumallahu khayran. Inshallah ta'ala we will... Um, wait for at least about 10-15 minutes with the night time and then everyone can pray their two rakahs with the night time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.